0: Of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual, amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, number one best-selling author of the book From Paycheck to Purpose, and host of the Ken Coleman Podcast is my co-host today. Be sure you jump in and talk to us. The phone number is 888 825 Five two two five. Abraham is in Lincoln, Nebraska. Hi, Abraham. How are you? Hello, I'm doing good.
1: Thank you for taking my call today and helping out. Sure. What's up? So, essentially, I'm in the uh, chemical engineering field, and in my current position, I have a great manager, and I have a great job. And a job that I enjoy a lot, and I get to travel quite a bit for. However, I do know that uh, in comparison to other uh, positions out there that are of similar work, or uh, that would have the same experience that I have, I can probably get twenty to forty thousand dollars more.
0: What do you With make? With that
1: in mind, I'm sorry. What do you make? Hundred thousand.
0: Okay. Right. So you think that you could change companies and make a hundred and forty doing exactly what you do now?
1: Uh, probably even less uh, less stress and less work. To be honest. Okay. So, my question is what is if if I would like to keep my current em, uh, employment, but with the added benefit of the additional salary, what is the best way to bring that up with my manager um, and how do I assess even if it's worth it at all and just go uh, pursue a different uh, how,
0: how uh, big How big a company uh
1: it is a it is a global company
0: okay. So it's not one hundred percent up to your manager. Uh,
1: no, but it is run. Pre, their company's run pretty lean, and uh, it's a very it's uh, similar to your company where it's a single owned uh, sing, uh, owned by a single person, and that, that family culture kind of
2: penetrates too and too. Okay, so here's what I want to dive into. Two times you've mentioned uh, the idea that this is either highly stressful. Maybe you've got some balance issues. Is that true? Am I hearing that? What's going on with that, the stress part that you've mentioned?
1: uh, uh, There's a lot of requirements and a lot of expectations that I am able to meet, Um, but it's uh, it's still enjoyable. Yeah, so let me ask you this.
2: If I called your boss right now and Dave and I made it happen behind the scenes and we called you back and said, hey, good news, we got you that uh, 20, to let's let's split the difference, we got you a 30K bump, what would your reaction Mm -hmm. be? I'd be very happy. Would you even be thinking about going to these other companies where you could make more and and do less? Would you even be thinking no. about it? Okay. So I think that has to be the perspective. So my advice is pretty boilerplate on this. I'm, I'm sure Dave will weigh in, but uh, but I'm going to put myself uh, in your shoes, and I'm but I'm thinking about your leader. And Dave's right. In a company this large, it's the sole decision on your raise is not in your leader's hands. That's going to have to go up. And so you've got to make a case with your leader that your leader can then decide how they could make the case. So I would not go in... Just with the data that says, all right, I've looked at other positions out in the marketplace. And when I compare these, by the way, you got to know that they're apples to apples. They rarely are. But if they're not apples to apples, you got to call that out too. And you say, okay, here's the comparison based on a skill and experience. And this is the range that I see out in the marketplace. However, I want to be here. And you tell them why you want to be there, tell them how much you appreciate them, what you've told Dave and I. Then you say, hey, I'd like to have a conversation with you about a growth plan to where I can add more value, and you and I are on the same page about what that value is, how we measure it, and and if we accomplish that, a path to where I can make this kind of money and and be more competitive in the marketplace based on this. I want your take on this. Is there a growth plan that we can work on? And, And now I'm bringing the leader into the conversation, and that leader sees that you're grateful, that you're hungry, but that you've got some humility and you're not asking for a raise. You're going, hey, I'd like to grow to this. What could a path look like that on? And I know that I've got to have more responsibility. I've got to deliver results that we agree on. We measure those. And with that comes more uh, responsibility and more income. That's how I would approach that because now you're going to find out two things. Number one, what your relationship is with your leader and how they're handling this and how they're communicating it. And two, you give them something that they get to build as well and they've got some ownership because they've got to take this up, as Dave has pointed out. So this is a partnership, not you demanding something, and I don't sense that in your spirit. But the way you approach this, they've got to have buy-in because they've got to present mm-hmm. this plan up. They're running a P&L, yes? Uh, I'm not sure what a P&L is. A profit and loss. Uh, they've got
0: they're a, running a business unit.
2: They're running a business unit. And
0: responsible oh, yeah. for profitability.
2: And you, when you get a raise, guess what that is? That's more expenses for them. Yeah. Now,
1: now, to, to, to be frank, my my uh, <clears throat> my relationship with my manager is excellent. Great. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's... we've actually we've actually had a similar uh, the exact type of conversation that you're that you are describing okay. a few years ago, and he's and he's he and the company has have given me many opportunities. So now, for example, I do projects. Uh, in a lot of different countries. Right. However, I, I
0: want them to give you opportunities, I also want the them to give you money.
2: That's that. That you've you hit that. <laughs> yeah. the so, the so have you gotten uh, more opportunities but no money over the last couple of years? Give us the track record here. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, so I've been employed for five and a half years with the company. Progressed quite a bit, level of responsibilities and the projects that I'm doing for my but What about your
2: financial progression?
1: It's been, I think, uh, close to 25000 increase. Over five last, years. Five and a half
2: years.
0: Okay. Five and
1: a half years with product. With, with, with okay, here, here's, what I, here's what I
0: want you to do. I, I want you to do better research to go with Ken's suggestion than you have done to date. Mm-hmm. I want some detailed written compensation studies from LinkedIn, Monster.com, whatever, Saying this is the detailed description of these people, and this is what the average person makes. Not I ran into a guy who's in our industry who's making X. Okay, I want I want to yeah. I want I want you to really make the case like you were going before a judge and you were a lawyer. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is the evidence of what the if I'm going to sell a car, here's the evidence. It's not I had a feeling or I had a friend once who sold a car like mm-hmm. that. I go and I pull up kbb.com. I will pull up traders. And I pull up two or three things. I find several examples of this car. I show them to the person I'm trying to do the deal with and go, this is what the reality of this car is. And then they do that. So, because let me tell you what's happened around here at Ramsey is we'll be on the other side of your conversation. We've had people come in and tell us that they're worth $40,000 more. And then we show them that they're not when we do the comp. When When we do the detailed study. And then sometimes they come in and tell us that, and we do the comp study, and we go, oh, "Crap, they're right. They're underpaid, and we pay them. And we raise their income. And both of those have happened this year. But uh, sometimes the person bringing it doesn't do their homework. And I want you to do your homework before you have this next conversation. And say, I don't want to leave, but I do want to make market. How are we going to work this out? This is the Ramsey Show.
2: Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns.
0: Thanks for joining us, America. We appreciate all the help you've given us in the past year. Just recently, we hit number one on Apple Podcasts among all podcasts in the world. That's kind of mind-blowing. Over a billion downloads of this show now. That's really mind-blowing. Billion with a B. That's like a lot. Thank you, guys. We appreciate that. And you know what's part part of the reason is, is you guys are helping us. You're sharing the show. Thank you for sharing it, clicking the subscribe button, the follow button, the share button, the like button, the five-star reviews. All of these things matter a lot in the old algorithms on podcasts and YouTube and talk radio. You just tell people, spread the word. When you see a good movie, read a good book or hear a good show, and you've been doing that for us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. We really Really appreciate it. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. That first time you turn on your heating system every year, it can smell funny and maybe even make some noises. If the noise hasn't stopped since then, don't put it off anymore. Contact AirServe to service your HVAC. AirServe is a Neighborly brand dedicated to
2: superior service. So find them at Neighborly.com slash Ramsey today. Today's question comes from Joseph in Georgia. I'm 22 and didn't go to college. I feel stuck in this customer service job I have making a little less than $30,000 a year after taxes. I had a few other jobs besides the one I just mentioned, and my favorite was in asphalt paving. I was making the same hourly rate, but within a few months, I made close to that yearly amount due to all of the overtime. The paving job left me with no more than around seven to nine hours to eat dinner, shower, and sleep almost every day, which I hated and it drained me. Should I go back to that job or go study something that could let me be in a similar position I'm in now, but potentially make more than what I currently do? Uh, Okay, Uh, you're 22, number one. Uh, Number two... (laughs) I'm seeing a lot of these videos on social media that after my job, I only have seven to nine hours to eat, shower, and sleep almost every day. Um, Those are some kind of life. That's kind of how it is. Uh, When I come home from my very uh, non labor intensive job here at Ramsey Solutions,
0: I'm in bed by 10 o'clock.
2: There's lash marks on your back, I think. I know, but I only have, as I see it, about four to five hours, and uh, my life's pretty great. So I think we need a perspective shift here. So I'll leave it alone so I don't sound like the old man here, Uh, but you need a new perspective on what your long-term goals are as well as your short-term financial goals. What I would say, because I worked in the masonry industry in college, hardest job I ever worked in my life. I was on the job site at 7 a.m., Dave, mixing the mortar, dumping the mortar in a wheelbarrow, wheeling the wheelbarrow around the job site, which if you've ever been on a home job site, that's like a mogul ski course. That's how you develop those muscles. That's why I am the brawny man I am today, Dave. It's stuck <laughs> with me. And, uh, and then w- when I was done distributing the mortar, I got to tell the rest of the story, it was brick tongs. And you repeat this process all day long. It was a 10-hour day. It was the most backbreaking work of my life. I get it. The asphalt paving is a very, very intense job. In this situation, I would look at most of the trades. I really would uh, because the amount of education you need is minimal. The cost is minimal, but the long-term return on the investment of time and money in the trades is absolutely spectacular. Uh, in fact, for those of you that are younger and you think I'm kind of the old boomer, I'm actually an Xer, but just go on TikTok. It's where you like to hang out and look at all the TikToks of, of plumbers and HVAC people that are making well into the six figures, uh, the trades are the great secret right now for this young generation, so I would be looking that direction. But if you want to win, young Joseph, you're going to be looking at that same schedule. You shouldn't be having 10 and 12 hours of free time if you're serious about working. It's just not a reality, and I don't know where that came from, this idea that I need 8 to 10 hours a day of free time. I don't get it, <laughs> unless it's the college schedule.
0: Uh a lot of partying going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think asphalt's in your future. See, I, I think you've boiled this down to two bad things and trying to choose between them. Mm-hmm. A bad $30,000 a year customer service job and a back-breaking asphalt job. Um, those aren't the only two choices. Obviously, the choices are infinite. And mm-hmm. so uh, pick up Ken's book, From Paycheck to Purpose. Start thinking about where you want to be when you're 30, if you're 22 clearly define that and then start asking yourself why you want to do that if you just want to do it for money you pick the wrong thing Mm. you want to pick and if you just want to do it for passion but you're going to be broke you pick the wrong thing so you want to make some good money doing something you love and that gives you energy and then the time will fly by and you won't feel put upon for having worked an entire day Mm. so um (laughs) yeah so I, I think you got to say, you know, what have I got to do? And don't pick something based on lifestyle. Don't pick something based on money. Pick something that gives you energy and that is, gives you meaning mm-hmm. and that you can make money, and, again, the time will fly by. I mean, the old saying, if you, um, if you pick work you love, um, every day is a vacation. Uh, well, that's that's a bit of an exaggeration. Every day is not a vacation yeah. for me, and I love what I do. Yeah. Um, but some days are harder than others, and some days are, you know, even the thing you do turns out to be work. But but most days, you know, I do this show for three hours every day, and I have for 30 years, and those three hours fly by. I look up and go, wow, I just,
2: just a minute I was on there. It's the company you keep. I mean, how could you not enjoy that's three it. hours of me day? That's it. That's it.
0: And this, <laughs> hey, can <this, did> we <laughs> – the The brawny
2: man over here the brawny brick tongue (laughs) guy i know it's terrible hey you know know what benjamin franklin actually said this you know you see all these quotes about these old famous people from history he actually said this and it's this advice that that joseph and this young generation needs to understand he said early to bed early to rise makes a man healthy wealthy and wise and i think we hear that when we're little kids at some point we think oh it's a cute little nursery rhyme no no that's actually a man, if you read and study, Franklin, and I know you and I have, the man was maniacal about his daily schedule, very intentional, and as a result, one of the greatest uh, citizens of the world. Forget American history. I'll guarantee
0: you that has played an element in the level of success I've personally enjoyed.
2: I know it because has. I, I am you.
0: a. Um, when I was growing up, I was naturally a night person. hmm I mean, in college, I could stay up till two in the morning. I never thought anything about it, and I'd sleep till ten. Yep. you know, and I never took any early classes because I was lazy, didn't get out of bed. I was the same way. And uh, but when I uh, graduated from college, got married, became an adult, and uh, you know, quit partying all the time, met God. You know, I started going. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dedicate the first hours of the morning to my mind, my body, and my relationship with God. And so. Uh, I'm gonna read I'm gonna do some kind of exercise I'm gonna spend some time with Sharon I'm gonna spend some time in prayer and with scripture and Sharon and I have gotten up at 5 a.m for I don't know uh, 30 years wow
2: yeah and we go
0: and you know we were old people before we were old people and you know we go to bed and uh, we get up and you know by the time I get to the office at 8:30 I mean I've done half a day's work in one way or another around the house and you know uh, all that stuff. And and I'm not bragging on me. I'm just saying the stuff that I get out of my scripture and my prayer time in the morning, the stuff I get out of reading a good nonfiction book in the morning, making sure I'm connected with Sharon and we've got the day laid out. And by the time I get to work, I'm not stumbling into the first meeting fuzzy and hungover.
2: (laughs) That's right. You know, it's exactly, right. and I
0: haven't, you know, in, in 30 plus years. So that's, you just, you, that that you know worried about my leisure time. Yeah. And instead, I've got a, a early to bed, early to rise makes you healthy, wealthy, and wise. And that does do that. It does do that. Franklin was onto something there. So something to think about. You know, you set your morning schedule. I met a guy when I first met God that was knew the Bible inside and out. And I said, How do you how do you do this? He goes, Well, I I read this many. I read three hours a morning on scripture. I'm like, How do you read three hours? He goes, Well, I start at four. Yeah, that'll and I'm do like, it. How do you start at four? How do you get up! He goes, Well, if you want to get up that early, you gotta to go to bed early. Yep. Oh, there's that. Okay. This is the Ramsey show.
3: Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the health care provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your health care provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org budget. That's chministries.org budget.
0: And Coleman Ramsey Personalities. My co-host Cammie is with us in Sacramento. Hi Cammie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Well, you gotta push the button, old Dave. Did I push it? I did push it. Hi Cammie. How are you?
3: I'm good. Thanks for taking my call.
0: Sure. What's up?
3: I am calling because I want your insight on how I should start with long-term investing as a 21-year-old with no debt, no credit, and about $40,000 in savings.
0: Way to go. Yeah. Wow. What a great head start. Thank you. You're obviously very smart. How did you learn all this?
3: Um, Well, Dave, I have fantastic parents who are huge fans of yours. I think I've been listening to you since my drive back from kindergarten. um,
0: (laughs) You're a financial (laughs) peace baby. Okay, I love it. That's awesome. Well, then you know that we teach folks to stay out of debt, which you have done, to have a plan, which you have done, uh, to have an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses, which you have done, and then start investing 15% of your income into your retirement, first with a match, second with a Roth, and third, just make sure you get 15% in there. Uh, And once you're doing that, any money you have above that to save and invest, I'd start saving towards my first house.
3: Okay, and I'm curious about having the no credit, what your thoughts are on that, because I know you talk about buying your house in cash and, and and kind of your process with
0: that? No, buying a house with cash means you don't need credit, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. if you don't have credit and you want to buy a home with a mortgage, you do that with what's called manual underwriting. Not mm-hmm. all mortgage companies know how to do that anymore. Churchill Mortgage that we've endorsed for almost 30 years does know how to do that, and they can help you do that if you're steady on your rent and you've been Mm -hmm. on your job two years, and you have a good solid down payment, you do not need a credit score to buy a house. You get the same premium excellent interest rate as if you had a very high credit score when you do a manually underwritten situation. You're not there today because you set some of your 40 aside for your emergency fund, some of it aside towards your first house, but that's going to not put you in the housing market today. But you're well on your way, and you'll certainly be there in your early 20s without a doubt. So, excellent question,
2: Cammie. Way to go. Wow. Yeah, I wish more people would pay attention to these calls. Uh, fast forward, she starts investing 15% right now. She hits millionaire status at what age, roughly? 34. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah she
0: has a net worth of a million dollars probably in about 14 years.
2: By the way, the American dream is alive and well. Yeah. Okay. And that's a Gen Z. That's right. By the way, yeah.
0: for those of you that are Gen Zs and think that,
2: oh, it's all over. It can't <laughs> happen. Oh, no.
0: You know, oh, God, all the whining that's out there. Uh, it's just great. the drama. It's like every generation that has come along thinks that the generation before them stole all yes, the opportunity. That's right. There's nothing left. The old people took it all. Oh, brother. And the old people, every generation that's come along, think the next generation's a bunch of doofuses.
2: It's true. It's generational. And neither warfare.
0: one are the truth. That's I mean, right. this generation's full of wonderful people like Cammie. Right. We've got a building full of Cammies. That's right. I mean, half of our 1,100 people that work here are under 30. Wow. So, officially Gen Z. Wow. I mean, I, we had four new people start this morning. I went up onboarding and hung out with them and talked to them. Really sharp. Oh, God, they're so smart. And uh, they're going to be great team members, and they care deeply. And, yep. uh, you know, I was just explaining to them, this is going to be the hardest place you've ever worked because you're working with smart people that really care mm-hmm. deeply. Yeah, And they're not into internal politics. They're just into getting the work done. And uh, it makes it really difficult because you got to, I mean, when you're playing for the Super Bowl with the best in the world, you got to play hard. You know, it's good. It's a good thing. But there's there's camis all over the place, man. They're all over the. I'm I'm thrilled with this Gen Z generation. I think they're amazing. Yep. Joe's in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hi, Joe. How are you? How you doing, Dave? Thanks for having me. Sure.
4: What's up? Nothing. I just have a question for you. Okay. So I've been I've been investing in real estate for like the past 15 years. Um, I got kind of lucky. I didn't use your advice. I used leverage, but I sold everything. I am debt free except my mortgage. The issue now is the price of real estate, the the rate of return on it is like really bad. So I'm thinking, should I keep what I have, go work on something else, just wait, be patient? I'm just, me and my wife are a little confused what we should do. Like she works full time, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of what I should do with my life now. Um, Just looking for some advice.
2: How much money you got stacked?
4: Um, about 90 grand, um, cash. And I owe, the only debt I have is my mortgage and I owe about 68 grand.
2: And you're not working.
4: Um, well I work, I manage my rentals. I currently have about 10 units. Um oh, I thought you sold and them. I, 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 I sold a few of them and I kept.
0: And they're all, like the I, ones I, you I have are all debt free. Correct. Oh, good. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, real estate. I've been buying real estate since 1982. Mm-hmm. and uh, real estate always goes through ups and downs in terms of rates of return and pricing all over the mm-hmm. place. And so, uh, you know, it's very difficult uh, following Fauci's pandemic to buy a good deal because uh, house prices, as you know, shot through the roof, and they stayed there. They didn't come back down. And mm-hmm. so the um, that makes the rate of return weird. And so it sometimes it takes rent prices a while to catch up rents spiked as housing price spiked but not as much translation mm-hmm. the rate of return went down and so uh, you know on houses in particular residential is a little more fickle or a little weirder um so i i have i buy a lot of real estate i love real estate but i have ebbed and flowed throughout the decades as to you know there's times i just sit on the sideline and watch the craziness i'm not getting in i don't Mm -hmm. i don't want i don't like the rules and today's one of them today the rates of return i agree with you are not really high but if i can find something at a deal for whatever the reason if it's because the marketplace has slowed down or because i just stumble upon something that's a deal uh then i i I will step into it and we'll go do it and sometimes the deal is made up of the situation and it has nothing to do with the economy locally or nationally it's just you Mm -hmm. find a you find a distressed property of some sort or a distressed seller of some sort, and you're able to slip in with some cash and do a great deal. So I'm not completely sidelined, but I'm also not just running around buying everything in sight. Now, I'll tell you when I did buy everything in sight, I dropped almost every coin of cash I had into real estate in uh, in 2008 and nine, because I was buying stuff at 15 and 20 cents on the dollar after the, the 2008 crash. It was the best buying time in my adult life. Um, and I've never bought as much since. I mean, we bought everything we could get our hands on. And some of the best properties I own today, uh, rate of return wise, are obviously those because I got nothing in them. Um, and so, but it does ebb and flow. So just put yourself on the sideline until you get a great deal or until the marketplace shifts and more deals are out there. Either one's fine. In uh, the meantime, you may want to do something for an income because managing 10 units is not a full time job.
2: Well, the other thing I want to know is, is he's got ninety thousand set aside, and he still has a house payment. It's his only debt. I'm probably going to clear that. I'd want to clear that, yeah, especially while we're sitting on the sidelines. Yep. So the ninety goes into the house. Yeah.
0: If you don't stumble upon a deal to put that back into pretty quick, um, I'm probably going to go ahead and clear that mortgage and then start stacking cash out of the rentals and out of whatever else I can do. I mean, you may want to go into the service side of the real estate business, go ahead and get your license, become a property manager, manage other people's properties and yours. Um, I did that at one point many, many moons ago. Um, I can tell you it wasn't my favorite thing to do, but but I did do it for some extra cash flow at the time. It worked out good. It was fine. It just... It's a, it's a, but anyway, if you want to do that instead of go get a job, you could do that, right? That, that's a different way of approaching this. Good question, man. Sounds like you got a good run going. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. Ken, I just got a report in that your assessment, the uh, Getting Clear?
2: Yeah, the get Clear assessment. The uh Clear assessment uh-huh, uh-huh. is uh, one of our most profitable product lines. We knew we had a good year. It's been really fun and rewarding to see that. People getting aware of who what, they really are. I the way it. we translate that
0: around Ramsey is it means we have something that's helping a lot of people. Yeah. Because otherwise we don't make money on it. If we make money, it means that we helped a lot of people. There's a correlation between those two things. If we sell a lot of books, that's a lot of somebody got helped, right? Same kind of thing. We have three new products that came out uh, late fall, just in time for Christmas. All three are doing very, very well. and, And also, Rachel Cruz, my daughter's new book in the children's space, a children's book. I'm glad for what I have. Her first ever illustrated kids' book hit number one in the kids' lists. And it is a great, beautiful little book and a lot of fun for the kiddos. Breaking Free from Broke, unbelievable data. And lots of snark, George Camel. The uh, book comes out on Jan- January the 16th. If you hear this before then, you can get all $100 worth of goodies if you order the book early, uh, included in the $20 price. And Jade Washaw's uh, Quick Read Money is Not a Math Problem hit number five on the bestseller list this weekend. Oh,
2: fantastic. So Jade, a is o- Jade is
0: officially a national bestseller. Her first time to be on one of the lists. So, We're congratulating her and running around this place screaming and yelling and celebrating on her behalf. So all of those things are available at RamseySolutions.com. Be sure and check them out. Allison's with us in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you, Dave. How are you today? Better than I deserve. What's up in your world?
5: Well, my husband and I are in a little bit of financial distress, and uh, we're looking to see where we can cut corners, and we would like to reduce our car payments. Um, one of our car payments is $508, and the other one is like $644. And, uh, but we're upside down on them. And so we don't have the money to pay the difference of the upside down part. And we don't, wondered, what is your advice on what we would do in that situation?
0: Hmm. Boy, you're deep in it.
5: Yeah, we're deep in it.
0: What's, the, uh, what's your household income?
5: A uh, hundred and fifteen oh, thousand and i'm that, looking for and i'm looking for a job
0: oh, you're not working. he makes one fifteen
5: right
0: okay good right what, now what will help, you make when you, you get what will you be making when you get your job?
5: maybe about twelve hundred a month why so low um, because it's just a cashier type job do you have any previous work
2: experience?
5: Uh as a photographer. I have was a photographer for had my own business but I wasn't a very good business person. I didn't uh, make
2: how, a lot how old of money. are you
0: too? I'm fifty
5: eight and he's sixty six.
0: Okay. You make you can make twenty dollars an hour, which is a lot more than mm-hmm. fourteen hundred dollars a month at freaking Target. Okay? okay. So I mean you you're gonna do a lot better than you think you're gonna do if you get out there and poke around a little That's bit. right. Even on entry level cashier, you can do a lot better than what you're thinking. Anyway, um the car that has the six hundred dollar, six hundred and fifty dollar car payment, what do you owe on that car?
5: Um, I think we owe around twenty four thousand.
2: Really? What's it worth? Um,
5: I don't know. What 20, kind
0: of, How do you know you're a, upside down?
5: Um, my hus- my husband tells me these things. Okay. Um, right. It's an it's an electronic Mini Cooper. Uh, or electric mini Cooper. So did you guys um,
0: get, did you get screwed on the interest rate? Cause that's a very high payment for 24,000.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Our, our,
0: our, um, uh, credit rating is yeah. real bad. So real they bad. stuck it to you with a, they electrified you with the electric mini Cooper. <laughs> yeah.
5: That's what
2: they did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, what, what year is that? Um, uh,
5: it's a 2020, uh, Three. It's, 23 it's, or, okay, by, by, by sorry guys. Oh, yeah, so you just true.
0: recently made this mistake, yeah? Yes, okay, all right. So, and here let, let's just give you some numbers as an example to answer your question. Do you know who you owe the money to? Yes, who
5: we owe it to the um uh Mini Cooper Financial. Okay, people. what
0: about the other car? Who's it owed to?
5: Uh, by star credit union.
0: Ah, okay. And uh, that's the five hundred and fifty. Do you know what you owe on that one?
5: Uh, twenty thousand.
0: Okay, I'm going to use that one as an example. Okay, let's pretend that when you look it up, you find out that that car is worth fifteen thousand dollars, and you owe twenty on it, and you're okay. upside down five thousand dollars. You follow my example? Yes. I have no idea. I'm just making this up to show you how it works. Okay. 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 You have two options three options. One is you live on beans and rice, rice and beans and save up $5000, sell the car for 15, add 5 to it, go down to the credit union, get the title and give it to the buyer. Okay? Option number two is borrow the 5000 somewhere else. Option okay. number three on that one is you talk to the credit union about letting you sign a note for the difference. Okay. Now you're going to owe 5000 instead of 20000 and on the other one, you're 7000 upside down maybe. I don't know, I'm making that up, and you're going to owe 7000 instead of 24000 And so now we got a total of $12,000 in debt instead of a total of $44,000 in debt. So we're moving in the right direction. We get a couple of beater cars, get this mess cleaned up, and pay cash for a little bit of a move-up in car out of the beaters a little bit later
5: the credit union let me sign a note for the difference
0: they might go down and sit and talk to the manager mm-hmm. with you and your husband because here's the situation if they repo the car they're not going to get even 15 for it so they have currently an unsecured note for five and a secured note for 15 all we're asking them to do is admit it okay you understand what i'm saying
5: and sign, uh, sign a note note for the note for the difference
0: Let let me sell it for what it'll bring I'll bring the buyer in, and I'll sign a note for the difference because these, these payments are killing me. And they might even loan you the money for the amount that you're upside down in that other one. All right. I'd, I'd mess with them, if you, especially if you've got a long relationship with that credit union. But go sit down in person and talk to the credit union manager. Don't do this by email or over the phone. Easy right. to tell somebody no
2: unless they're sitting across a desk from you. Okay. Do you have any idea how many miles you have on that Mini Cooper, the electric? Uh, around 50. You also need one of the assignments I'm going to add to this. I'm just doing some quick web research, so I don't want to hold you to this, but I would be looking to see if that thing is worth uh, what, you, what you owe on it right now or pretty close to it. You might be able to uh, get. You might be able to break even on that. Which one. would be the play. But you got you to check that out right now. What's it worth right now? if you sell it private seller now dealership's not going to give you what it's worth but private seller i would be looking at that blue book value today Put the thing on the market on craigslist and trader.com
0: and get it sold okay. for 25,000 yeah instead of instead of losing money you gain money cuz i'm looking over ken's shoulder right now i see 27,000 29,000 might be the value on this yes. thing yeah
2: yeah okay
0: so y'all look All at right. that and let's make sure cuz if your husband is looking at trade in value only instead of private sale yeah. And that's how he determines you're upside down then he's just signing you up again for another mess because y'all really suck at doing car deals <laughs> i mean everything you've touched around cars really sucks so I'm, I'm really not trusting your husband's input at this point i'm not mad at him but i'm just saying y'all need to do detailed research sell these things for as much as you can sell them for to an individual mm-hmm. borrow the difference or sign a note for the difference and quit signing up for ridiculous interest rates and stupid but car deals That, oh my God, an electric Mini Cooper. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Wow. Somebody got impulse fever. Yeah. And it wasn't an electric impulse. (laughs) I'm just saying.
2: I was wondering if that's oh, where you were going. Oh man! And by the way, I just pulled up just for our friend and Allison and all of you that kind of wonder: Was Dave? What does he talk about? Is it going to work? Yes, I'm looking at some really decent cars in the Jacksonville area under five thousand dollars, folks. It is doable. What Dave played off two thousand three really Honda Accord EX forty nine hundred. A Honda will run for
0: like three decades, three hundred decades until God comes back. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> A lot longer than an electric Mini Cooper will. That's true, actually. Oh, gag. This is the Ramsey Show.